0: Pixel is proudly supported by Murdoch University School of Arts who have been with us since the very beginning and it's where we learn how to make podcasts, radio and video. If you're interested in a creative degree in game, sound, film, journalism or maybe you'd like to mix and match, you can head to murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts to learn more about what they've got on offer. That's murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts or you can search Murdoch University for more information. Murdoch University School of Arts, proudly supporting Pixel Yes, yes, it is Pixel Sift. Hello and welcome to exactly that, Pixel Sift. The show that brings you the stories of indie developers around the world and from Australia mainly. My name is Scott and joining me tonight is my co-host Gianni. How are you going, G? I am so excited to be back with the Scott and G train. Very excited. (laughs) I like that. It rolls off the tongue. Uh, Our guest this week is Owen Bolt from Great Helm Studios in Canberra. Thanks for joining us, Owen.
1: Hey, pleasure to be here.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yes, Owen is here to talk about the game Dismantle Construct Carnage, the action brawler where every part of your character can be destroyed. But first of all, Gianni, what else are we looking at?
2: Yeah, so we're going to be taking a look at the recent unfortunate job losses from international games development studios, some of which are in Australia as well. And we'll find out how developers around the world are faring and what sort of impact that will have. All right, let's get started.
1: Hey there. If you're enjoying the show and you want to hear more, subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple
2: Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, or listen on pixelsift.com.au. See you there. So over the past month or so, various companies around the world, including Activision, Blizzard, EA, ArenaNet net have actually had a major restructure um, and it's meant that a number of full-time jobs have disappeared uh, pretty much overnight as a result of this now the big one that we hear about in particular was activision blizzard um, which at their one of their most recent uh, investor calls basically came out and said yeah we're going to get rid of 800 staff in one fell swoop across the world which Kind of came as a surprise to everyone because they did uh, really bump a really bumper year in terms of like making money effectively. Um, and to put that in perspective, 800 people um, being uh, losing their job is is about the number of full-time employed people in the games industry in Australia. So it's like effectively wiping out the Australian games industry in one fell swoop. So it's it's quite a big deal, um, especially for those people involved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. For those not familiar with uh, Fire Monkeys, uh, which is obviously EA's Australian studio, uh, they generally are responsible for the mobile releases on EA's uh, IP. So, Real Racing 3, The Sims, Free Play, Need for Speed, No Limits. Um, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure what else they do beyond that. Well, um, flight but control is the there. You important beautiful. Nice
2: yeah, so FireMint was um, what it was originally, We've got, uh, and then Iron Monkey Studios it was basically merged together. Ah, so they,
0: I see, yes. So the EA uh,
2: was another part of this as well. Um, they also had about sort of 40 to 50 um, job losses as part of that. So that's like a significant proportion we're talking about you know, 5% of the Australian industry uh, Yeah, was originally reported to be about 80, which with that 800 number that we were talking about before from Activision Blizzard and the 800 or so people who are full-time employed in Australia under the games industry, that would have been 10% of the industry like pretty much gone overnight. So it's a significant sort of talk, especially because there has been sort of significant call from uh, a lot of organisations that saying that this sort of development structure and all that sort of thing isn't a sustainable model and that we wouldn't be able to uh, keep working this way and that the burnout level from people working in the games industry is quite, quite full on. Um, so, Oh, and I'm wondering as, as a game developer, uh, you work in a company yourself, but obviously you would probably have people you would know and people you've met at uh, different conventions and things. Uh, how, what's your perspective on, on these number of losses that all seem to have happened at once?
1: So I've, I've actually heard of even more beyond the ones you've brought up actually. Um, About a month ago, there was a Finnish company that also shut down. But, Mm. um, the, yeah, the, the, the numbers just keep rolling. Like, everyone, everywhere, it's still going. Like, um, Telltale last year as well. Um, like, since then, it's just been an almost continuous supply of companies hemorrhaging people a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, there's a couple of, People around um, at Games Plus who have um, who um, they've been looking like some of them are employed like with companies overseas, um, others like that. Yeah, there's. I am blanking out on what I was planning to say. But, <laughs> it's yeah. great. That's
0: fine. There, uh, yeah. As you were saying, Gianni, Activision Blizzard, have got EA as well. Um, I'm not sure if you popped it in there, but um, Guild Wars 2 developer um, Arenanet, ArenaNet also announced yep. layoffs. Uh, and they had like 400 staff on hand. Um, I can't remember the figure on that. It was about 140 layoffs in the end, I believe. Uh, from
2: 143 or so, cool, there you go. Starting from the first of March, which is just green incredible. Green. I mean, like in a terrible way. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's it, it is a huge number of people we're talking about. Um, if they've got about 400, that's like that's a over a quarter of, of, the, of the staff. Day. Yeah, um, um, please. Which go. is really interesting. What I think is um, is quite. Uh, interesting about this and, and and different sort of perspectives to what in Australia for example if there is these sort of structures where they do need to downsize um, you know part of the roles is what they need to do if you go through a redundancy process is that they do need to try and find you another job or, or skill you up and all that sort of thing but for or pay for you people out. working <laughs> yeah or, or pay you out or people working in sort of contract work because obviously you can work remotely and as uh, Owen mentioned there there's people who work for overseas companies uh, in Australia Um those same rules don't apply. Um, so there's been quite a big push from um, Game Workers Unite who we would remember from episode 100. We had um, uh, Tim Colwell on talking about the the push that happened at GDC the previous year um, for a game development union. Uh, and they were one of the ones who came out really quickly to say that this sort of stuff needs to be able to be uh, restructured in a way that can be a bit more
0: sustainable. Absolutely. Um, there's a couple of really good articles on games industry biz um about this uh and also a really good one on uh sorry it was by oh this is going to take me a second it was by katie uh coronas and she was talking about um you know making games for a living being and being in constant fear of losing your job and she said that one thing is clear like conditions around layoffs need to improve if the industry is ever going to forward and yeah many game developers are going to have to just start discussing solutions and those solutions are going to be following the same wake of the film and tv industries which is unionizing um, that's obviously not going to fix everything straight away, um, but it is a step step in the right direction that we need to take. Like you can't have companies, you know, such as EA deciding they're going to lay off people when on the other side of the ship you've got them, you know, uh, earning a total revenue of $7.5 billion profit and then also, you know, kicking dev- kicking share dividends up for all their shareholders up. It's really a kick in the face to the industry itself. Um, And it's It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable as an industry because, you know, we we are basically a project based industry. So sometimes work's going to be there and not going to be there. And we need to support the industry when it's not there. We need to support the workers when it's not there. And a union could do that. What is
2: quite interesting,
0: I think, as well, is that the Australian industry for for
2: a long time, sort of around before the financial crisis, um, had positions where they were a lot of smaller branches of these bigger studios. So think about like. Uh, team bondi for example which was part of rockstar and um a number of other studios as well there's people i know in the the canberra game development scene who a lot of them worked for irrational and and worked on series like Mm. the bioshock series and um people who worked for ea and a a bunch of other companies Mm. as well and a lot of those companies after that of these companies were in a financial strife did actually Closed down at their local branches, um, and that sort of has sort of rippled out throughout the throughout the industry in Australia. And we can see people who've moved into that one. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see that when these times are actually going pretty good, that these people, mm. uh, these companies, are still not, um, yeah, uh, yeah, not, we'll not giving have a have shit. To basically,
0: late. to be honest, we'll to like label. that's straight up what they're doing: fat yeah. profits, fats, you know, heaps of sackings. That is um, mm. that is a company at odds with. Uh, progress in the industry if Uh, you're
2: just joining us you're watching pixel sifter an indie game video uh, interview podcast our guest this week is owen bolt um, from the canberra based uh, game developer great helm games at the moment we're talking about the large number of restructures that have happened across the gaming industry around the world as well as the um, number of job losses that have happened at the uh, ea uh, studio the fire monkeys uh, in Melbourne, um, in a number of jobs disappearing from there. Um, Oh, and did you have anything else that you thought about this particular situation? Does it make you think about your job as a game developer maybe 10 years down the track? Going
1: forward, yeah. Um, Yeah, going forward, um, the lack of stability is a scary thing to be thinking about for that. Um, The does One it of make the, uh, you more, more feeling
2: like you should do it on your own, and rather than take a risk and, and be employed by someone else, or is that risky too?
1: Well, see that that's risky as well. Like um, you need like juggling a small company like ours. Um, we we're kind of here. We're continuing on with the funding that we've or like existing funding, and it's kind of hard to really make that much money as it is at the moment um but i have lost train of thought again <laughs> that's absolutely that's
2: right. fine mate. Right. but it obviously is something that is it's you know you may want to change your slight direction you may want to be an employee yeah, yeah. of someone else's company down the track and i guess does that make you think a little bit about what what that might look like potentially in the future
1: so i have actually thought about this a bit recently um Ideally, I'd probably prefer to be aiming for something mid-sized because mm. the the bigger companies, they're, they're the ones that are churning through the people so much. Um, and then the smaller ones, whilst you've got a lot of control in what's happening there, um, it's dangerous because something goes wrong, then you're out of money and the company can't go on. Yeah. So you're out of a job again.
2: But does like, it? Um, I'm curious as well, like we're talking about there is that obviously... A bit of a scary sort of precarious either or <laughs> sort of situation. Yeah. Um, but obviously there must be enough in it that it's still so compelling for you to, to be, be part of it and work as a team. Can you tell us about a little bit about what it's like working in your team?
1: Um, it's a lot of fun because um, working on a local multiplayer game, um, it's like we've played a lot of other games in that sort of space, working out what works, what we want, and the amount of – we've had some of the other like some of our neighbors uh drop by and complain a bit about how much fun we were having because we were a <laughs> bit too enthusiastic at times yeah. <laughs> but yeah like working on, like it's a lot of fun to be working with people that i get along well with so well on something that we enjoy and create a product it's great seeing other people enjoying it as well so it's a lot of fun with that
2: well it's definitely an interesting and developing um, situation. We'll yeah. see
0: exactly how this all kind of shakes out um, it's down the track. It's going to be an ongoing issue as well. Like, as, and, as, and as I said before, like w- we really work in a project based business. So, we need to figure yeah. out how to handle the team fluctuations needed for larger projects. Um, and unfortunately, the most recent decisions, especially by Activision, seem to kind of uh, you know, show that it's just big, big business greed, unfortunately. Um, there's it's really hard to understand valid reasoning behind the decisions when it's all, you know, when the paper trail leaves such, you know, staining whatever. Uh, but, yeah, um, I guess we'll keep following be, these things. Sorry, Gianni. And what will be really interesting to see as well is
2: that at GDC last year, Game Workers Unite was there. That was their sort of first year that they're out. That's coming up next week. I'm sure there'll be a lot of discussions about what the future of game development looks like. And there'll be plenty of stuff to, to follow on from. And I'm sure we'll be following it.
0: And until then, we will to here for my next topic. Hey, Mitch. Yep.
2: You know, there is multiple ways that you can subscribe to Pixel City. Oh, yeah? How's you, that? You could subscribe on your podcast player of choice if you like audio-only versions.
1: Like Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts?
2: Or even Google Play if you're in the US. Or you can jump on Twitch and you can give us a follow. Or on YouTube if you like the video versions.
0: Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know we won so many things.
2: Yep, and you will get a handy little notification as soon as there's a new episode for you to watch or listen to.
1: Wow, I'm going to do that right now.
0: I'm sure you will, Mitch, because you're a good boy. Oh, too long. Too long and too annoying. I'm pretty sure you said there is a multiple as well, which is not a thing.
2: We'll workshop it. We'll workshop
0: it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are joined by Owen um, Bolt from Great Helm. They are making the game Dismantle construction, Construct Carnage, uh, mm. which is a local multiplayer brawler where you can literally tear your opponent's uh, limb from limb and then beat them with them, which is amazing. Uh, we spoke to these guys a few years ago at PAX 2016. Giannis interviewed Banjo from the team, the um, four-man four team, <laughs> four team from Canberra, uh, Wayne, thank you very much for joining us to talk about the game.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So, so obviously, I did how a little very,
0: br- yeah, very brief description there. But uh, how would you, you know, describe the game if you can and as you're going to?
1: Well, it's, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, it's a local multiplayer brawler. So, it's, it's designed around the couch experience. Um, like when you've got your friends around to sit down on the couch and uh, play some games, it's for that sort of thing. Um, the, so you, you start off by, um, building a robot each, uh, picking, picking your abilities, picking which, um, arms and legs, and then you choose, choose your map or choose the maps and game mode, and then you get started. And, um, so as you beat each other up, um, you, you take damage and your arms and legs fall off. So, when you're missing an arm, you can't, you can't hold things that require two hands. Missing a leg, you have to hop around. Missing both legs, you have to um, crawl. And down to the torso where you sort of worm along. And then as the head where you just literally roll. And uh, you can't win as a head, but you can make a nuisance of yourself and uh, bite people's legs off, um, <laughs> activate traps, that sort of thing. There's that That's Monty the right Python idea. reference
0: I was looking exactly. for. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: so, so can you win if you're completely legless?
1: When you're legless, yes. When you're still in, you're still in with a chance as long as it, you you at least have your torso. Okay. You still have, How can you be just?
2: Could you just be a torso and a head, and you can win? Yes, because you sort of <laughs> inch along and then body slam at people. Um, <laughs> it's called the power worm. I think
1: that. Means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, who who is, who is the game for? Um. So we haven't ever specifically decided like we need to aim for this particular age group or anything. We've in showing the game, we've had um I think the youngest oh he was it was in early primary school, I think, and he was just having so much fun um beating up his friends and uh narrating every single thing that he did. But um <laughs> yeah, so we've had like, I'm going to guess, like, eight or nine or something through to uh, parents that were dragged along to packs to accompany their kids. And uh, even then, they've uh, enjoyed it while they're played.
0: Well, I do remember playing it at packs uh, myself and enjoying it immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty interesting to see where it came from then to how it is now, uh, especially with evidence such as the green light trailer from, back from 2016. And you have the new mm-hmm. Steam launch trailer three years um, on. Obviously, lots have changed, um, but what uh, what can you tell us about the major ch- differences between the game then to now?
1: Well, um, back in 2016 for PAX, we had uh, the grapple fist and the rocket fist. So, um, you were able to launch off the forearm of your arm and uh, with the right side, you could kind of direct it and, like, remote punch people and that was a lot of fun but it was really complicated to keep in mind at the same time as everything else that was happening um and then the left arm it would uh fly in a straight line and then work as a grappling hook so you could fl- pull other people to you fly to other things um and yeah that was oh question about traps and hazards
0: <laughs> watching the stream um, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good point. That's if good you are question, watching on, yeah. one of the
2: channels, you can ask questions of Owen uh, on the thing and you'll be able to answer them live. Yep. Um, yeah, so I guess you're talking a little bit about trying to keep everything together as you're controlling like a rocket fist. Or uh, a, yeah, yeah. Like so a that was fist.
1: really complicated trying to track all of that. And we found that people would press the button and then forget about it while they started trying to wave <laughs> their stumps at people because they no longer had the hands. Um, right and uh, yeah it was just adding more complication that we didn't really need at the time yeah um, we replaced that with a bit more of a, a more a new ability system where we have um, charging and it's like uh, the ability we call furious charge where you run in a straight well run in a semi controlled manner to try and break anything in like in front of you um, and then frenzy which gives you uh boosted damage and move speed and so you can chase people down and uh, actually tear them apart um the traps and hazards we have at the moment we have some spin blade traps um we've got this giant crushing wall um that kind of compresses the map and uh breaks anything like any obstacles in it around there um, we've got explosive barrels, of course. Um, of course. Yep. We're working on a flamethrower trap at the moment. Um
2: can you tell us a little bit about some of those environmental hazards because obviously there's a lot going on bits of you are getting blasted off as you're you're playing the game how do you Mm -hmm. kind of balance those those hazards so that they're not so annoying and you feel like you've kind of because i i know in a lot of games if someone just like knocks me off something it feels like a real cheap shot and it really hurts your feelings you're like oh come on seriously (laughs) Um, (laughs) how how do you balance out so that there isn't like too much going on um and then also those traps
1: so with that, it's a lot of uh, testing to make sure that it's not um, not generating too much salt. Um, one of <laughs> just one the that's a really members, good way to put it. Actually, I yep, like that. Yeah, one of our team members is uh, <laughs> pretty quite salty. The salt mine. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's making sure that it doesn't infuriate him too much because that's a good indication that it's too much for most people. Um, the yeah, it's. A lot of trial and error with that sort of thing. Um, and then, like, as part of that, um, if you get knocked out of the map, you do respawn. Like, you get teleported back in. So it's not instantly lethal like it was back in the 2016 PAX build. Because, um, yep. yeah, when the Crusher wall knocked out half the map, you suddenly just... you would Almost everyone was just falling straight off the map and dying. So it wasn't <laughs> really satisfying like that. So, having the respawn um, back adding in that- So, you lose a limb when you fall off, but you're still around still.
0: Yeah. Um, As long as you got that torso, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, So, if you've just joined us uh, here on Pixel Stift, we are speaking to Owen Bolt. He's one of the developers from Dismantle Construct Carnage, uh, which is a new game from Great Helm Studios. Uh,
2: Oh, and you're based in Canberra. You're yep. at Game Plus, we can see in the background right there. Um, <laughs> yes. W- did your team form together at uni when we all came together?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went through the Academy of Interactive Entertainment here in Canberra Ooh. and went through the um, the graduate diploma in management so that we could learn to set up a company and to actually function as a company. Mm. Um, and as part of that, we then applied for the incubator <clears throat> grants and funding so that we could continue on.
0: And so you're working in incubator currently, yes?
1: Um, oh, sorry, I'm not sure a, if a it's shared space. Incubator. I'm not
0: sure what you call them exactly. What do co-working you call it? Yeah, co space. space. Yeah. yeah. Sure.
1: Um, the incubator program. I think we've we count as having graduated from that now. Okay. Because uh, where?
0: Because look at you go. Kind
1: of on our feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah. so you you guys as a team obviously met through that. Um have you have you made games together before, even through projects and whatnot?
1: Um we we did a couple of game jams together um yeah. before getting started as before deciding that yeah, we didn't hate each other too much so we could actually <laughs> maybe do this thing. Yeah. And um then yeah, once we went through Incubator, we did a number of projects before settling on dismantle. And then we've also done a bit of contract work as well to uh keep things going sure what do
2: you think the biggest thing you've learnt in this time since you started obviously you're showing it off at pax in 2016 it's 2019 now what would you go back and change or do differently if you had to start the project again
1: um there's a lot of things that i would do differently we've learnt what, what one of the biggest things we've learned is a lot of what not to do yeah um there's there's some stuff that's a bit of a mess in the background that it's a bit too buried buried a bit too deeply to uh easily get rid of and just replace with something a lot cleaner um the contract work that we did that was that that uh gave me a lot of experience in building something small and some of the optimization stuff that just can't if i had time i'd go back and uh rewrite these huge chunks but it's we just didn't have time before the game came out. So.
0: But he got it all ready for next game, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all
0: those kinks. Like you said, the, the game is out. Uh, it's been out for yes. a few weeks now, almost four weeks. Um, how's the reception been oh, so yeah. far for you?
1: Um, it's been pretty positive. Um, well, none of our reviews that we have on Steam are negative. Um, that's always
0: that's nice. Extremely good. Yeah. There's actually <laughs> Not a pretty that big call. Many yet, but yeah.
1: <laughs> um, we've. Also, like, we had, uh, we sent out a whole bunch of emails early on, um, well, just like on the day of release, actually, um, trying to see if we could get any coverage. And, um, there's this Russian couple that, uh, I think the name translates as Baron Misha or something, yep. but, um, they, they're actually real, quite big. Um, the video when I looked, a couple of days ago, had uh, five hundred thousand views. Actually, wow! So, yeah, is that a that surreal was,
2: experience to see. your yeah, game it was, watched by five hundred thousand people.
1: Yeah, and it was also weird just hearing the Russian voices accompanying the the game <laughs> yeah. being played. How's but your but Russian? Weird juxtaposition, n- non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> it but, just is, uh, isn't. It? Yeah, trying to look at the Google Translate auto captions, and that mostly worked okay. Actually, wow. Um, and yeah, they they seem to understand the game pretty well.
2: Well, look if people are interested in picking it up, where, where can they play it at the moment? If uh, so they ah, it's on Steam,
1: um, Windows only at the moment. Although, yeah. um, actually, I've had word that it runs really well through Steam's Proton stuff. So, mm. if you're playing on Linux, it uh, it's quite playable there.
0: Yeah, I think it so. is up advertised uh, when I had a look as Mac, Linux, and PC. Um, but there you yeah, go, straight from go. the- um, right, Straight <laughs> straight from the fresh off the presses. It's, it's the best on PC. Uh, mm-hmm. So what's the plan for Great Helm moving forward now that you've kind of kicked this goal? Um, wh- what's the plan now?
1: Well, at the moment, we're planning to work on um, some additional content for the game, um, like the aforementioned um, flamethrower trap, um, some more parts to customise your robots. Um, A single player tutorial and an actual single player challenge mode as well, actually. Um, But yeah, one of the things that we've had requested the most um, has been an actual tutorial. So that's one of the things we're working on at the moment.
0: Fantastic. Um, So if people want to keep up to date with everything that you're doing at Great Helm,
1: uh, where's the best way
0: to keep or to do that?
1: I think our Twitter is the one that we uh, are keeping the most up-to-date at the moment.
0: Which is at Great Helm Games.
1: Yep. You
2: can f- head to greathelm.com if you want to check out the, the game. There's all links to the Steam page and all that sort of stuff, a bunch of cool graphics and videos and hmm. all that sort of stuff. Um, what would you recommend, I guess, finally, uh, Owen, if people were picking up the game for the very first time, what's the pro strat if you want to go out there and destroy your friends? <laughs> Because i, I do most, that's, that's what it's all about. Story. It's local multiplier. Come on.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> furious charge is the ability that I almost always pick because it's if you get people, it's it's a good it's a fair chunk of damage.
0: Frenzy Ga- is a changer. lot more
1: finesse and uh, a lot harder to actually do so well with, but I've seen people do really well with it. But furious charge is a lot uh, a lot more newbie friendly.
0: Keen points from it. the developer himself. There. Um, there you go. Unfortunately, that is about. Sorry, G. Yeah. What was that?
2: I was saying, if people play it, they should let us know so we can jump in and. and Absolutely, and please eat, do. We're always
0: strats. up for a bit of uh, a bit of gaming. Funnily enough, yep. Uh, and on that, so,
1: actually, sorry, I should quickly mention. Please, uh, it is it is it's local multiplayer rather than online. Yes. However. Um, so you do need chums. Yeah. However, um, I can unofficially recommend a program called Parsec. Um, oh, cool. So that one that basically streams the game from one computer to another and the controller back. So you can effectively play on the same like play couch multiplayer over the internet. It's
0: that blows my mind a little bit, I
1: must admit. It's not the greatest because there is a bit of input delay with that sort of thing. I I mean, as you would expect. Yeah. But I did play a game against a friend down in Melbourne. Um And he actually beat me in that particular game. So, yeah.
2: There's options out there if you've got remote friends that need
0: to be destroyed. (laughs) 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 Yes. Uh, And again, unfortunately, I think that is about all the time we have for today. Um, Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pixel Sift. And thank you, big, big thank you to Owen from Great Helm for spending some time with us this evening. And be sure to check out Dismantle Construct Carnage on Steam. Uh, Obviously, local multiplayer, but... You know, anything's possible. Apparently, Fine, this mates. just said, yeah, technology, it's gone, Go it's gone places. Look, if it was that simple, Gianni, I wouldn't have to hang out with you guys all the time. Uh, this episode <laughs> has been hosted by myself and Gianni, one of my good friends. <laughs> <laughs> it was produced by Fiona Bartholomeus and Mitchell Lowe and the executive producer again, Gianni DiGiovanni. Giovanni. Uh, thank you very much to Murdoch I'm University School of Arts for supporting Pixel Shift through all 116 episodes. If you'd like to learn more about a great creative degree, go to murdoch.edu.au/arts. As always, we'll be sticking links to topics we talked about in the show notes on our website www.pixelshift.com.au. The absolute hey, best Scott. thing you can do. Oh my god, Gianni, jump in, please. I'm I'm full I've got of words a suggestion for you. Suggestion for you. Are
2: you if you want to do something that is the best thing, oh. you can head to pixelsiff.com.au forward slash discord. You can say hey. <laughs> hi to Owen who's in there at the moment. Hey. Um, and you can keep up with everything that we're doing on there. Um, and we put everything up on there first. But also, as we were talking about, you can play games with us. We do that quite
0: a bit. Oh, so well, like the- just like um, Blair from uh, the band Hussy Fame joined us this week for, for the first time for some Overwatch. That could be you. You could be Blair. Could be Blair.
2: Everyone could be Blair. Everyone, can be Blair. Everyone, Everyone can wishes be Blair. they were Blair, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, we've also got some other social media pages and you I'll do. do a couple, Scott, and then Go. you can do some. Choo, choo, choo. All right. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, both at Pixel Sift, Instagram Pixel Sift, yep. And we've got streaming platforms to watch all the content as well.
0: Scott, whereabouts can we find those? Streaming platforms are like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and whatnot, yep. Pocket Casts, whatever podcast yep. player you like, we've got them all. Um, yeah. Collect the set. us a star company. rating. We always like that. She's- we are we also- we're live every Thursday. Our next episode is on the 21st of March. But next week, as is tradition, uh, we'll be doing Pixel Sift plays uh, with some indie games we feature on the podcast and more. That's about it. Owen, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Catch you all thank next you. time.
1: Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Peace.